0: Hello! Just before we started this episode today, I just wanted to apologize for this recording as I recorded it in a friend's kitchen in a shit house, but unfortunately, someone started cooking about halfway, so there is a bit of what sounds like chopping, and what I think is the peeling of an onion, but lesson has been learned, and I will not record in a kitchen setting again. Hope you enjoy this episode. This is just another thought process. Just another just another thought. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Just Another Thought Process. Uh, this episode we actually have two guests. It's the first time we've ever done this before, so welcome Alex and welcome Lahiru. Lahiru has been you. here and here before, but Alex is first time. And uh, and today we're going to talk about sort of sustainability and climate change. And Alex has been very involved in sort of that space. Do you just want to give a quick background on what you've been doing?
1: Yeah. So yeah, like you mentioned work as a energy analyst that's my full-time job and then also yeah my spare time also been working on some other projects um so currently working on a project with beyond zero emissions trying to get the apollo bay region to 100 percent renewables and also recently i've been getting pretty into gardening particularly hydroponics
0: as well. And you also attend a lot of rallies and, and destroy trams and, and stop the world from <laughs> moving around
1: apparently. Yeah, that's it. It as much trouble as the case. Uh, That's it. Um, yeah, rebel without a cause. No, so but it's, a, cause.
0: It's, <laughs> bringing, it's bringing the cause <laughs> to people's faces. Whether they like it or not, it's making them more aware of it. And it's pretty cool that you're doing that. It's a part of what you want to do. It's very, it's not, it's very rare that people are, are able to, to go do these things that they're passionate about and they want to see this change and you're physically using your presences to try and, and mm. create this change
1: mm. yeah I definitely say it does require a bit of courage especially when you got cops with all the gear on and everything like that it's, mm. can be quite a pretty a pretty full-on yeah experience but is, is
0: it a weird experience i've never been to one i be completely honest i've never gone to a rally right. ever yeah. to, to actually that i was wanted to be a part of so i i don't think i've yeah i don't i don't know what it feels like okay yeah. Do you sort of get well, the, What do you do, do, you do, do on
1: get, Saturday? Do you get the? Energy, <laughs> do you get the energy
0: of the crowd? Is that sort of part of it, or is it? Yeah,
1: there's definitely yeah, big energy there. Like, you know, you got a lot of people making a lot of noise. Um, sometimes there's like music, like that one we went to the, the big one back in September. Yeah. Well, last year. Uh, school strike.
2: Yeah, organised mm-hmm. by Greta. That one, Anthony. yeah it was fantastic yeah the vibe is a big piece of it it's I think we went to a, uh, a protest in Hawthorne last uh, year early yeah, stage uh, yeah. that was my first one mm-hmm. protested against the uh Doughty coal mine and it uh, yeah, was for me it was quite confronting or intimidating doing it and I was probably a little bit uh, like you know, shy or embarrassed those emotions definitely came up whereas um, yeah but with Alex there, it was kind of good. So it wasn't just me on my own, not knowing people. Obviously, we met people there all ages, but it was great having Alex because he pushed me to continue on with the protests. So we were walking around the streets of Hawthorne, Camberwell, and yeah, the, people would be chanting these chants about social, uh, climate change and sustainability, which was really cool. And then, yeah, Alex just took off and did so many more rallies, which is fantastic.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. so I've actually been doing them, like, even as a kid. Wow. So, yeah. this <laughs> so is from a young age. Yeah, so, like, oh, it's, it's something, like, it's actually, like, my grandma was actually pretty into them. Really? So, um, wow. Yeah, so, like, Iraq War was um, one that I was yeah, involved with a bit. So...
0: Okay, so it stands from a awesome. young age. So what's your current involvement, and what, what are you trying to do to, sort of, create change in, in your environment?
2: Yeah, so... I guess, yeah, professionally backgrounds, mechanical engineering, uh, heavily involved in project management and more recently in the last six months, heavily involved in sustainability and waste diversion, diversion away from landfill, um, in the companies that we work for, uh, that's been awesome. Um, really creating some change there in terms of educating, you know, our team members in our, in our organizations and brands. Um, creating new waste streams which is a big piece of the puzzle instead of just your landfill uh, recycling and organics waste food waste we're implementing different streams so we're trying to divert as much as we can away from landfill which is fantastic giving a lot of presentations in front of like senior um, leadership team huddles which is something new that I've been doing um, but that stems into my life outside of work which is the public speaking so I want to take the public speaking not just from a entertainment events uh, market or space but i want to push it more towards the um, communities and schools and pushing that education about sustainability climate change and renewable energy to help that transition to a more sustainable world that's uh that's definitely my passion so like everyone hears this
0: term climate change and everyone hears about sustainability over the time over media at some stage it has been quite at the forefront of media and now it's sort of Behind it, because of what's happening with coronavirus, but sort of <laughs> w- what what
2: is greenhouse gas and what is climate change? Yeah, so maybe maybe I'll take this one, uh, Alex. If you don't mind? Um, yes. So yeah, like buzzword climate change. Um, everyone knows about it as you know, global warming as well. So it's essentially the heating up of the planet. But one of the things we came across actually, Alex pointed out, Sebastian, and I you know, we didn't actually really know uh, what global warming really is fundamentally is um it's pretty bad being an engineer i should know that but i didn't and that's when we really started looking at it like how do we explain very briefly high level what is global warming which uh contributes to climate change um but basically there's a thing called the greenhouse effect and there's the sun's rays which hits the earth and about 30 percent of the sun's rays entered the atmosphere 70 reflected away into space That's what we've been seeing before. Um, What happens is when we increase our emissions or carbon dioxide emissions or greenhouse gases into the atmosphere from our consumption and usage, we create like a blanket around the planet and it essentially traps that sun's energy and reflects less away from the Earth's surface. In addition to that, so that there's a temperature rise, in addition to that, we see uh, ice caps and solar, solar caps melt and from deforestation agriculture, we see um, trees and rainforests being destroyed and decreasing. Both of those two factors, the melting of ice caps and the deforestation of land and trees and rainforests, also cause less reflection of the sun's energy away from the earth.
1: Yes. So those,
2: those three things coupled together, so you've got less trees reflecting sun's rays, less solar ice caps reflecting the sun's rays, and our greenhouse gas is causing a layer containing that sun's energy, essentially is just trapping all this energy inside the Earth's atmosphere and hence causing this global warming effect, greenhouse gas effect, and hence climate change right. at an unprecedented rate. So there are arguments that
0: that climate change is natural and normal and it's happened at other points in our history. But at this mm-hmm. point, humans are speeding up that process exponentially, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty much just, yeah, gone straight up. Yeah, if you look at a, a graph of the past, you know,
2: 100 years, so. Yeah, we have, like, what else was are saying? We have more accurate data over the past 110 years. Like, Bureau of Meteorology has released a graph um, every year for the past 110 years, and it shows, you know, greens and reds, basically. It fluctuates from greens and reds. But the last 10 years, and since 2013, there's extreme reds, and it's never before seen in those 110 years. It's just all reds and oranges, which shows an extreme rise in the temperature anomalies and the average temperature for Australia. And 2019 was the hottest temperature on record. And then Alex was actually uh, looking at just before, was um, temperatures over the past thousands of years, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, since 500 um, AD. Mm.
1: So, yeah, it looks like it has been you know, up and down a little bit. And then you see in the past sort of 200 years since the Industrial Revolution, you see it shoot right up.
0: So, you know, you hear about this and you hear about things that can stop it and, you know, using sort of renewable energy and, and electric cars and, and stuff mm. like that. But do we actually have enough time to prevent this from, uh, stop this from progressing? I mean, at the point, like you hear these facts, not facts, you hear these people, scientists, people say that, you know, we've got 30 years to, to make a change. Do mm. we have enough time to stop this from progressing?
2: It's a good question.
1: Well, yes we, yes, we do. I mean, what the scientists are saying is over the next 10 years, we need to cut emissions by 50%. And yeah, that's, that's a huge thing that we have to do, but it's something that's possible. So 10 years, 50%. Okay. And after we stop
0: this from progressing, because it will reach a certain point where we will have heated up the world at at a particular point and you said it's already happening now so in 10 Mm. years it's probably going to be at a different temperature level can we reverse any of this damage that humans have caused Mm. and go back to sort of what it was is that a possibility or is it
1: yeah that's that's definitely a possibility so that's where something like planting trees and restoring tropical rainforests wetlands all that stuff's really important and also preserving what we have at the moment as well is obviously very important
0: do you think humans are ever will be able to make this
1: change though
0: in your personal opinion
1: to be honest at the moment is it's, it's uh, not looking that hopeful but I think over the past sort of few months things have re- people have really woken up I think especially here in Australia with the the bushfires I think that's been um, yeah a big change and I think something you mentioned is, you know maybe we need something like one of these big events to sort of realize that we need to do something about this yes I
2: agree with Alex here. it's uh, yeah more locally in Australia it's 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 uh, from a government point of view it's quite grim and unfortunate or not so pleasing um, as we've seen like you know we all hear about loss of species plastics in the oceans um, unprecedented bushfires as we've seen and the billions of life, wildlife lost um, and sad that it takes that for people to wake up, especially governments. Um, but like Alex was saying, there's been so much in the last, yeah, let's say six to 12 months um, mm. in businesses and individuals, more rallies, more businesses um, really pushing this change and a lot of businesses committing to know, uh, yeah, 50% carbon neutral, greenhouse gas neutral, or net zero by a certain date, committing to these dates a lot sooner than otherwise they would have otherwise done in the past. Mm. Like your Telstra's, your Coles you know, groups, or um, I mentioned uh, Amazon. Amazon. Big one. Yeah, yeah, Amazon, yeah. like Jeff Bezos, he was saying, you know, everyone's talking about car- um, <laughs> carbon neutral by 2050, but he was like, stuff that, uh, I'm committing to carbon neutral by 2040. But not just carbon neutral in Amazon itself, but also its whole supply chain, which is the whole, like almost the whole world, given mm. how big they are. That's a massive commitment, driven mm. by businesses and organisations opening yeah. their eyes to what's happening. Mm. And uh, Microsoft is another one. Yeah,
1: I think they've got a target for twenty twenty five or twenty thirty to be net zero, and then after <laughs> that to go beyond so, zero, so positive. Yeah,
2: to be positive. yeah to be reducing emissions.
0: Wow, positive and negative.
2: Yeah, do you want to explain <laughs> that? That's actually a really good point. Yeah. So you have net carbon neutral, and you have a, a net positive, which countries like Bhutan mm. do. But if you yeah, know, so
1: like, well, a country like Bhutan, they have a lot of forests, so they're able to absorb carbon through their forests and, and store it in the trees. So yeah, essentially, it comes down to um, first of all reducing your emissions. So moving to say, you know, renewables. All, all those kind of steps that we've, we're aware of. And then once you get to that point, then yeah, start planting trees and. Just everywhere.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to give up uh, sort of products that are made out of trees as well? Sort of paper, toilet paper?
1: No, we don't, we don't need to give them up. The key part is that it's done sustainably. That we grow a forest, cut it down, and then plant it back. That's, that's all that needs to be done. At the moment, we just cut down a forest. Then we use and it for later. agriculture okay. or, or whatever, you know, we build a city there. So, yeah, it's just about pl- planting trees once they've been cut down. Just plant a hell of a tree. That, that balance. One trillion. <laughs> that balance is a
2: loss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the balance. Equilibrium, right? The equilibrium. Um, yeah, no, I think it's... Yeah, that whole net positive thing is really interesting because it's about you're absorbing more... More carbon than you're dioxide. Out, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Absorbing more carbon dioxide than mm. what you're producing. Yeah, actually, the um, seaweed
1: from 2040. So there's a, a film called 2040 that goes into different solutions, and one of the new ones that they mention is using seaweed. So you have um, big farms of seaweed in the ocean that can absorb carbon, and obviously, you know you huge amount of oceans covering 70 percent of the earth so if you had seaweed all across that you could easily yeah get a net positive yeah go go through
0: that again so how is seaweed able to absorb the carbon if it's under the ocean it's just so uh, in the ocean
1: so the oceans actually absorb a lot of co2 yeah yeah so actually that's actually where it goes first yeah and then afterwards it's actually released into the atmosphere as co2 so
0: they absorbs yeah. the CO two and then releases it as CO two. Am I understanding correctly? Yeah. So, so
1: you have CO two in the, the atmosphere. Yeah. It goes into the ocean, um, and becomes actually carbonic acid, and that actually causes issues with the uh, the reefs. So, mm. like Great Barrier Reef, right? It causes the coral bleaching. To die. Yeah. Um, but when you've got seaweed, it takes up that carbon. Okay. And then it's stored so, in that carbon and then you can eat it as well. Yeah. So it helps so,
0: sustain wa- like water life and, and
1: prevents them from being affected. Yeah, from, from, yeah. That's yeah, another thing, yeah, You can have a whole bunch of fish.
2: Yeah. 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 Living in there. So so basically if you look at it simplified, it's like the the ocean stores carbon dioxide, but seaweeds store a lot more per kilogram or gram than the ocean or water does. Mm. So having the seaweed there absorbs a lot more than the ocean does.
1: Yeah, so They grow very quickly. Yeah, they yeah. grow from
2: it. Obviously, they photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. They grow from carbon um, It's euconotide. really good for you as well. Yeah, and that's right. <laughs> it's, it's an awesome plant-based diet, plant-based food. Yeah. Seaweed, man. And, and it supports the, the wildlife and the fisheries there as well. Mm. Fish, the so yeah, species. especially if we're going to be trying to feed 10,
1: 10 billion people in the future, then yeah. it's important we can find new ways of
2: producing food. Hundred percent. That's a yeah. good point. By twenty fifty, twenty ninety, we're expecting ten billion people. We can't be destroying or deforestation and destroying rainforests and trees, you know, to sustain that population. So mm. we really do need to look at alternative means of agriculture and food supply.
0: So there are sort of a lot of different industries and sectors, and I want to touch on each of them. So let's go into sort of energy. Um, so in Australia, we lose use a lot of CO two and I'm guessing. Well, not that. I'm guessing there's a lot of push to move from that to renewable energy. Yeah, from um, fossil
1: fuels to to renewables. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Oh, you said from CO
2: two. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fossil fuels that produce. Fossil CO2. fuels. CO2. My yeah, bad. I knew yeah. what you meant. My yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, so the, the the four key. I guess there's our greenhouse gases or emissions in Australia are split up into different sectors or industries. Um, the biggest one being energy sector, which contributes to 52% of greenhouse gases, mm. followed by agriculture, which is 15%, transport, which is 15%, and waste, which is 3%. So that's that's the Clean Energy Council's um, a- annual report, basically, they, sh- they showcase that. Um, they're, they're where we are producing the most emissions, so they're essentially what we should be focusing on. Mm. But energy accounts are
0: 52%. 52%. Okay. So the main ones then we should be pushing for that change to happen is, is, is going from fossil fuels to yep. um, renewable energy but how do you do that And from you know you've got cars that use a lot of fossil fuel a lot of Australia's energy is coming from coal you've got mm-hmm. airplanes travel mm-hmm. is all, all based yeah. on, on, on fossil fuels you've got logistics companies that are all using mm-hmm. trucks and, and, mm-hmm. and planes to get their shit to other sides of the world Yeah, how are we going to make that change in like with so there's going to be an impact economically, but mm. how do we do that in a way that's a feasible and be practical,
2: right? yeah, yeah, practical? Yeah, it's a sustainable yeah. change for society. Not yeah. so not just yeah. environmental, but you're looking at the social impact, yeah. the financial impact yeah. of the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I guess you have um,
1: some things that are much easier to do. So something like energy efficiency is very easy to do. Say switching to LED lights, mm. whereas you have something like aviation. Where we don't even know how we can create a electric plane mm. there's only like prototypes at, at the moment so yeah. basically what you want to be doing is focusing on those those really easy points so that would be energy efficiency first then renewables come second transport third and then agriculture last although i'm, I'm maybe a bit unsure about that agriculture because i think you could switch to sustainable agriculture practices probably relatively easy. I'm not...
0: Yeah. Mm. I heard that like
1: cows and stuff actually produce a lot of methane Mm. and that contributes to CO2.
0: How much much does that account for?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring that up because there's actually a... (laughs) uh, (laughs) I'm the vegan. (laughs) I can bring it up. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's actually a a report that came out recently that attributed um, global warming more so to methane than was originally thought really so originally we thought it was mostly co2 and that's you hear most most of the conversation about co2 yeah but it turns out that methane actually has much of a bigger impact and so what that means is yeah something like beef eating beef has a much larger impact than we previously thought also means natural gas production when um, companies are uh, Trying to find gas, often they release a lot of gas as part of that process, um, and so it's really important we we try and focus on that because yeah, methane is having a much
2: much big impact. So <laughs> it's, so it's basically yeah that, with that piece of methane and agriculture, it's very much about look a, a more or mostly plant based diet would have a huge impact. That's more of an individual level. And then the whole um, you're drilling for gas and F- Fossil fuel extraction. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Has, it releases. Mu- now,
1: now we know has a much bigger impact. So what actually means, if we can stop extracting fossil fuels um, very soon, then that'll actually have a big impact quickly because methane breaks down after 10 years, whereas CO2 breaks down after 200 years. Right. So... There's, yeah, a huge benefit to reducing CO2, uh, methane, (laughs) Methane. as soon as possible. Because it breaks down a lot quicker than than fossils. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, methane, its effect is 35 times out of CO2. Yeah. Okay. So it it breaks
0: down quicker, but it's more... um, Volatile. Yeah. Pungent. (laughs) Pungent? Pungent? (laughs) Pungent? Concentrated. (laughs) Concentrated is a better word.
2: So... Yeah, that's why the whole cows farting is a lot worse than just CO two. It's okay. just it's bur-
0: what about, mostly
1: burping. Burping. What
0: about humans? So we're contributing to that methane as well.
1: By farting? Well, <laughs> well cows and stuff are doing
0: it. Then, uh, not logically, to the same extent, no. Why? Why aren't we causing the same? Sort of impact
1: because cows have like
2: four stomachs or rack, something like yeah, that. They're yeah. eating grass all day, and their output of methane is a lot higher than ours.
0: Okay, is yeah. it is it because they're having a bad diet that they're uh, causing a lot of this methane yeah, as well? Like, so that's so a lot of these animals are mass produced. They're not mm, getting enough nutrients, and mm. because of that, their their digestive system is reacting. Mm. Yeah, that might be why.
1: Yeah, that that is part of it. Also, the CSIRO has recently found if you feed cattle a bit of seaweed. You can dramatically reduce their methane really? yeah. emissions. Wow! And it's so it's not completely seaweed you get yeah, You yeah. just got to yeah. give them a little bit, and that kind of links into what we were talking about we're before about <laughs> growing <laughs> in the ocean. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: the so seaweed will cure everything. Yes, so you just got to plant it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, superfood. <laughs> well, it's really good for you. Oh, it's I just, I, like it. I wouldn't. It's, not, it's okay. I like seaweed. <laughs> seaweed Have you ever had fantastic. seaweed from the ocean though right? and put in your food? no no try that what and then, and then is it stuff. safe yeah yeah well yeah. i assume so my parents, <laughs> my you parents used to do it they used to take seaweed, dry it out and mum would chuck it in sauces and stuff I'm well, okay sure. i'm pretty sure i could so be all the plastic could be lying in the ocean now. so how do you dry it you just just Chuck it, it out in the to table. dry yeah. yeah and it dries out and then i think you might have to wash it because it's got a lot of sand and salt on it but then yeah. you can just chuck it in your cooking
2: sand and salt okay. plus uh, all the microplastics in the ocean <laughs> oh, all of that stuff. Delicious.
0: Okay, so you went through energy, agriculture, kind of touched on transport. Uh, what about sort of waste? yes it ties in with energy. We were mm-hmm. thinking about this before, but in terms of sort of what's going on, we were seeing a lot of um, waste in third world countries that we're not able to get rid of. Like Australia mm-hmm. is a really good example because it doesn't have that facilities to those facilities yeah. to break down those yep. um, products and then reuse them. Yeah. Yeah. So with the current um, situation what are what what are things we can look at in terms to to
2: recycle and reuse this this kind of waste so uh, what we were just talking about before there's two sides to the waste story there's um the output waste which is what we think about landfill recycling the like and then is the input waste which is all the functions or industries that use waste as well i think alex will talk more about that mm. but in terms of direct waste um you're right we're, we're pretty bad at our recycling practices a lot of our Treatment facilities, recycling plants have closed down. We uh, lack the the treat the facilities that other countries have, but the, well, they are investing in that. But we we definitely do need the government to do more with that piece as well. Um, one of the quick things that come to mind, quick straight away, is uh, container deposit schemes. So, like South Australia, phenomenal <laughs> example. Seriously, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Tasmania, the likes of those states, they have collection like, container deposit schemes. It's basically you know, glass bottles, you know, plastic bottles. There's a five cents, ten cents when you bring them back to the uh, the facility or the, the the bin that you just put, dep- this deposit them into. So you're getting, you're putting a waste, a value on waste. So then you're one, cleaning up the streets, cleaning up the environment. Two, you're providing an income for those who are less fortunate, or may, may just want to do it and need it. Um, it's a really simple win, and the, the Victoria still doesn't have it and really should have it very soon. I think there's a few other states, the likes of WA, that maybe Queensland doesn't have it or does have it. But yeah, that's a simple, quick win, easy win like we were talking about before. Mm. Um, recycling is a, a big piece about education. Um, what can and can't be recycled. Yeah, that's still such a mess. Get confused. The, yeah. Yeah. We're working on that actually at the moment um, in the workplace. Uh, a lot of signage um, and the, the yeses and noes, so basically ticks and crosses. So all the people in our business units and brands Um, uh, can understand and identify what can and can't Um, because that has been pretty ambiguous in the past but I think we're getting there and there's more investment in the technology at the facilities so I work with CleanAway Suez is another company who does uh, waste and they have some pretty cool tech which can filter through things that we just co-mingle or put together it's essentially called Mm. co-mingled recycling so you can put a lot more different things into recycling and it's separated through automation and machines and robots. And there's more of that which is recycled and less thinking and input that we need to do as um, producers or people. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, so probably yeah, another big part of the picture is food waste. Mm. So whenever you, you, you waste some food, there's a huge amount of... Um, greenhouse gases associated with that so first of all there's producing that food the ag- agricultural part of it transporting it to the supermarket supermarket refrigerating it you going up and picking it up putting it in your refrigerator yeah <laughs> and then chucking it out so it's yeah so it's a- all- and then it even gets worse because it starts decomposing in a landfill produces mm-hmm. methane, methane. So right i yeah. didn't even think of all yeah. that yeah that
0: going from that whole process from beginning to end like the whole supply chain you'd never think about that when you yeah. buy something at the Life cycle. yeah anyway
1: yeah how far it's traveled yeah or, yeah like you know sometimes we yeah, buy things from south america or you know europe or who knows mm. where yeah it's traveled so yeah, many kilometers the, what is called the food
2: miles food miles That's yeah, yeah. yeah food miles mm. okay. yeah i've never mm. heard that yeah said. definitely check that out um basically how many miles food travels and you can link that to uh greenhouse gas emission uh qu- quantity as well um obviously the higher the miles the higher the greenhouse gases um mm. yeah but that that organic waste food waste is a big big piece um certain councils are pushing composting and organics waste like Burnaroo yeah. city council where i live in hawthorne uh as of may first they're launching uh, food waste organic waste bins so, you got landfill, you've got recycling, and now they're going to have food waste, organic waste. But they did a study, and out of the landfill bins, it was about 50% of the landfill was food waste or organic waste. Yeah, okay. And that's a huge amount of landfill that we're storing in the air as landfill in the, the holes that we dig out, which can't be used for agriculture. Construction, residential, etc. Whatever it is we build on there, we can't use that land and that land is a lot bigger than it needs to be. Mm. Um, this, this diversion stream of food waste is a big key to uh, reducing our waste. Yeah. I think. So also part of fixing the
1: problem is, I guess, if we can grow our own food, that's, mm. that's ideal. Um, maybe something not everyone has time for, but certainly a good idea. Um, if you have, say, a hydroponic system, then you can have a system that sort of works
2: by itself, and you don't really need to be too involved with it. That's um, a, yeah. That's, that's a really good point because like I, Alex and I grow a bit of veg and herbs. Um, mine's a lot simpler, so like carrots, bok choy, and tomatoes. But I want Alex to just maybe touch on that hydroponics because I don't think a lot of you viewers, listeners, know about hydroponics and mm-hmm. what what is that? How does it dif- How is it different? Yeah.
1: Um, so it's basically about delivering water directly to the roots for um, when you're growing food. So there's, there's many different varieties. Probably conventional hydroponics is where you're growing in a media, so it might be, say, clay pebbles you're growing your, your plant in and you have water passing through it with nutrients in it. Um, the system that I've got at the moment is actually in soil um, and water is delivered to the the bottom of it, and and feeds the roots. So it's it's probably a bit different to most conventional hydroponic systems. But um, yeah, they all involve some sort of uh, delivering water to to the root system with a nutrient solution.
2: Nice. The closed loop system has little input from a human, basically. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and you can automate the system. Mm. You can have I've got a gravity-fed system, but you can also have uh, a pump system as well. And you'd obviously get solar power, solar panel on that pump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the, the real benefit of, of it is you can use you use just 10% of the water compared to
2: normal agriculture, so you're also using much less water. And you have organic foods, and it's uh, garden to table. Garden to table. And it's not travelling anywhere. Exactly, food yeah. miles. <laughs> And uh, probably the other part of the food waste
1: is uh, composting. Mm. So that's, that's a really big part. So if you've got something you can't eat, if you can chuck it in a worm farm, the worms digest it and they produce a fertilizer that you can then use on your
2: veggies. So you've got this like full loop. Mm. And even you can do it without worms. So I have a Bokashi bin from uh, my, my council. I actually bought it. Food waste goes in there. You use it enzyme. Accelerator. It's just a it's a liquid that's um, an enzyme. You spray it in with the food, and uh, basically it outputs like a like a pungent kind of tea <laughs> or like a solution. It's highly concentrated, so you basically literally tap out that solution. You dilute it with water, about twenty parts water to one part solution of that food waste, and you just water your plants with it or veggies. And that's like a highly, like a nutrient-rich fertilizer, as Alex said. Mm. Simple, simple things that we can do in our backyards individually. Yeah. So that, how's that working out for you? Yeah, yeah really you good, help? really yeah. good. I've, I've yeah. used it, tapped it out twice, used it. It's quite smelly, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it works at a treat because the soil yeah. that I use isn't you know, sometimes fantastic. Superior soil, um, this, yeah. this really just helps add that nutrient. So you just support. need to get a peg for your nose. That's it.
0: So, so what are governments doing at this point in time that, that is not enough, or what, they should, what should they be doing at this point in time to sort of speed this process along mm. of uh, affecting climate change in a, in, a, in a positive manner?
1: Yeah. So if you look at a federal level, there's not really a whole lot being done. So federal was- level in Australia. In Australia, yeah. yes, yes. That's right. Um, what, they, what the federal government should be doing Probably the, the biggest thing they can do is stop subsidising fossil fuel. That's an easy one, and then having a carbon tax. Those those two things, um, easy wins, big, quick wins, big wins.
0: Yeah. Well, it's weird that we had a carbon tax and then got got demolished pulled. it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's actually a carbon tax. And it was going to go to an ETS um, after a year. What's so an ETS? Was, oh, emissions trading scheme. Okay. Yeah,
2: which is like a sh- a share, like a can trade. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like commodities. And just certificates. Mm. Yeah, Okay. But regardless, yeah, it all got pulled um, with the current federal government, liberal government not doing as well as we would like. (laughs) But it also
0: came from the people as well. People didn't understand what this was for and they were against it because they had to pay additional tax and they didn't understand how it would impact them in the future and how that monetary impact will be later down the line. No one was really... Communicate, I don't remember being communicated that. Mm, Yeah, Um, yeah, so maybe it was a Mm. partial, you know, it's not just the government's fault, it was the education piece that was missed Mm. in that.
1: Yeah, but I think overall the Australian population were actually quite supportive of it, but there definitely was some people that were jumping up and down and uh, protesting out the front of Mm. Parliament House
2: against it. Against it, yeah. Right, right, yeah. You wouldn't hear that today. No, the well, mm, the yeah, reason that, that you said, think yeah. there'd be
0: more change now is because of these, a of the rallies, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of these figureheads that are, that are prominent, like, what's the name? Greta Thunberg. Greta I was talking about. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, um, you know. Um, Al
2: Gore. There's so many, so many names. But, but regardless, like, I think it's what Alex said, now in this day and age, unprecedented bushfires in our back door, um, in our backyards, you know, with all these climate strikes, I think now is the time better than ever to to be pushing and introducing carbon taxes and um, removing government subsidies from fossil fuels and pushing that transition to renewable energies even harder and faster. But, like, so the the people, the population is asking for it, seeing what we've seen with the bushfires and everything else, Um, but it's kind of being put on hold or stop at the federal government, Mm. which is probably an unfortunate thing
1: yeah so at the moment
2: they're actually paying polluters to try
1: and stop them polluting which is a very inefficient <laughs> way of the, doing it the government is paying polluters they're paying businesses to stop them from polluting wow. and, the, and the, the limits are really like rough yeah. and then sometimes they they decide oh we're going to move the, the target up a bit it's it's real just yeah, not being managed it. yeah. so it's not
0: because these companies have too much power and they're paying a lot of tax and they're
2: or they want it paying to, a lot of donations yeah, yeah donations put forward is their, is
0: their a, own agenda yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not that. It's
1: oh i think it's yeah that's yeah, yeah that's that's definitely part of it as well yeah yeah for
2: sure so i get i guess i guess the answer to that question is the at a federal government level there's nowhere near enough being done towards uh a more sustainable future faster because when we look at the world the world is a lot of, a lot more ahead of australia australia is very far behind like, um, you know, like the likes of Europe, Scandinavia, they're, they're like leading the way, best practice in all of these things. And, you know, there's lots of studies where they show greenhouse gases per capita, which means per person. And there's a top mm. 10 list. And Saudi Arabia is the worst in the world. Yeah, they're number one. Australia is number two. Really? In that whole entire list. We're in the whole noise. world up there, yeah. In the, the whole, world. whole world. Yeah. world yeah, Australia is the second worst country mm. in greenhouse gases of global warming, global emissions per person.
1: Not just your that world mm. Yeah. United States also falls well high up the list. Yeah. In, and in terms of, us, yeah.
2: Even in terms of renewable energies, like United States and China are doing amazing things, like a lot of things in solar. Even though their governments might be questionable, especially it's USA. Two, mm. But like even, USA is doing fantastic in solar, producing solar Farms and solar systems, solar capacity, wind as well, um, and, and so, solar thermal. Yeah. yeah, as well, concentrated solar thermal. And that, that's USA even, even with their government. Um, Australia is just so far down on the list. Like we're just shocking at the moment. And why? Mm. Don't, why do you think that that's the case? It,
1: it's the coal it, that we've got in the the ground, pretty much. Yeah, yeah all, yeah, all our economy it, is based around that. That's, it is.
0: That's but, the reason. But you've got, yeah. you know, Australia's a big, wide-open space. So you would expect that mm. that we have the yeah possibility space, it, yeah. yeah space yeah, to implement doing this doing stuff yeah. in, in practice the well, renewables yeah, yeah there's a
1: huge potential for us to be the leader having say something like 800% renewables producing hydrogen exporting it all across the world mm. there's a hu- huge opportunity economically that we're not taking advantage of that's a really good point
0: and is there too much power in these other companies they're just pushing this down the line Pretty much. Don't want yeah.
1: pretty much those companies donate to the the political parties and so the political parties aren't taking action Mm. on this they're keeping things as they are
0: that's you'd think like economically when there's a gap in the market companies tend with free market economy uh people tend to start trying to implement new things because they'll be able to take advantage of that market not being used tapped into Mm. tapped into so why hasn't it happened
2: because there's such wealth in coal. Yeah, that's export. the only reason. Export. Yeah, export is a huge. like our economy revolves heavily around coal export, mm.
1: which is actually a very big risk when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, when you think about climate change. Exactly. And if we're if we get pressured in the future, let's say we have trade sanctions on us as a result, and we're not allowed to burn coal anymore, our economy's screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. So it's a, this huge risk. And and even more,
2: more to that point. <laughs> fossil fuels are non-renewable resources it's finite it's going to end and if we waited till that ended the economy will collapse so that's why we need to be transitioning to renewable fuels faster because they're renewables they're not finite so like Australia has the highest some of the highest solar radiation in the world we have the highest potential for solar systems solar farms and there's so much space as well it's just capturing and cultivating that and then just transporting that across our, our continent, our country. Mm. So, yeah, back to your question, federal government is not doing nowhere near enough. State governments are doing quite, quite decent things, especially in other states it's like so, South yeah. Australia where <laughs> Alex is from. It's fantastic. Tasmania is 98% renewable energy. 98%. And planning on being 200% renewable. By way. Um, <laughs> um,
0: Tomorrow.
1: A, I think it may have been 2040. Yeah, yeah, two hundred percent. They're already at ninety percent. Yeah, so they're already yeah very high already. They've they're got biased, all the yeah. the hydro, a
2: lot of wind as well, solar not so much. Mm. As as <laughs> and then nice. South Australia's second at like fifty three percent renewable energy penetration by state.
0: But South Australia's having a bit of issues in terms of being able to. Um, not, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I'm mm. wrong, but they have a lot of blackouts and stuff. Mm. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So, but. One thing is that they now have a battery, which helps and them Tesla. deal with... Exactly. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Musk. Tesla um,
2: factory, right? Gigafactory.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that, that helps them manage any moments where, for a few seconds, say the wind stops blowing or something like that, they can use that battery. To store it. Yeah. So the, the battery not, is not really like able to provide, say, power for all of South Australia or anything like that. It hasn't got a huge capacity, but it can provide, like... Um, yeah, like power over a few seconds when it's needed. So, supply when when there's a... When there's a, a short blackout, drop, yeah, it yeah. can provide it.
0: So, the federal government is not doing enough. State yeah. government's doing a few things. Yeah. Um, what about local communities? Have you noticed anything apparent that, that you see that that's a
1: good uh, example for the rest of us? Mm. Yeah, probably a good example is Darabin Council. So, they declared uh, a climate emergency and then put a lot of resources into addressing climate change. So they've hired a whole bunch of people that are climate change officers and they're yeah, working on projects that address it. Should be hiring
2: Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've seen that uh, in a lot of different local councils. So in Melbourne, we're talking about, um, yeah, city of Stonington, which is South Yarra, the Chapel Street areas. They declared a climate emergency. The uh, city of Mooney Valley, I believe, they declared a the climate emergency. Some of these uh, councils declared climate emergencies almost three years ago in 2017, which is fantastic. And even my own council, Boroondara, uh they're implementing a lot more sustainable measures in terms of um, waste. So, organics waste, food waste, as well as uh, e waste, electronic waste. Um, And then they're really pushing that sustainability front from a local council level. So there's definitely things happening. And then if you ask about local communities, there's so much happening in community-based level, like protests, um, education, awareness events, Australian Conservation Foundation, Beyond Zero Emissions, which Alex is heavily involved with. Um, So many organizations like Keep Cups is doing some pretty cool things. We're we're, we're planning to go to a 2040 screening at the Keep Cups Head office. yeah organizations as well as communities is that what i'm invited to next week yes. all right cool i'm excited <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> all right
0: so local communities seem like doing a few things but that's not every local community that's just a couple um but they're examples of what we should be doing right yeah yeah for okay. sure so what can each of us do at an individual level so it's hard to sort of like we talk about all these things about you know countries becoming kind of neutral, countries doing you know all this governments making changes businesses mm. making changes we need to touch on businesses um but what can we do as individuals that, that can bring our impact or lower it
2: mm.
1: i guess for me one thing when i looked into climate change and heard about what kind of issues it was going to cause um something i've started focusing on was um, just trying to trying to reduce my waste overall. So energy efficiency is one. Um, just reducing how many like single-use plastics you use. Um, not buying things that you don't need. Mm. All that kind of stuff. I think on an individual level is
2: is pretty important. Yeah, definitely. I think that's spot on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one piece of the puzzle is getting all this uh, renewable energy technology, which is fantastic. Yeah, solar panels, uh, electric cars, all of that stuff, great. But that's on a output side. If we talk about the input side, yeah, it's it is very much about reducing our consumption. Like straight up, it is literally that, and that's um, yeah, literally flicking the lights lights off, uh, reducing our consumption, energy efficiency. Um, not using air conditioning when we don't need it, um, walking or riding, or public transport instead of driving a car with one person in it. You know, like simple stuff. We're creating, well, certain communities are creating neighborhoods, like microgrid neighborhoods, which are like a community. There's you know, bikes, scooters, electric bikes now. Uber just released four hundred electric bikes into Melbourne that you can hire. Like these are creating these sustainable neighborhoods or communities which we're not creating as much emissions as we were otherwise. Um, that's on an individual level. Um, and then in terms of, you know, agriculture, is the biggest piece of what you're doing phenomenally is, is plant-based diet, being as close yeah. to plant-based or vegetarian or vegan, whatever it is, as, as plant-based as possible. And it doesn't have to be completely, it can be whatever each individual is comfortable with. And that, that's great. Any change is great. So, um, which food should you be avoiding if you, you know, which are yeah, the high producers? Good, good then, question. Yeah. I think I think from all the information and statistics we have, um, the biggest food that we should be avoiding is is beef, is red meat, um, is, is you know, the likes of cows, pigs, even sheep. So, getting away from red meat will have a significant impact on the on our individual greenhouse gas emissions.
1: Hmm.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's hundred percent yeah Correct, yeah um, so I guess another thing you can do as an individual is go along to to protest because as we discussed before, the federal government isn't doing a whole lot mm. and in some ways that's that's the the most important thing you can do in my opinion, um, because at the end of the day, your carbon footprint is only a, a small part of it um, you've got businesses that have much larger Carbon um, footprints. Governments as well have their own carbon footprint. So I think protesting is definitely something that's important. Although I have had some
2: people, plenty of people, tell me it's a, a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't definitely don't think it's a waste of time. I think it's something that was looked at as taboo back in the day. Uh, like you know, you had civil rights protesters back in the fifties. You had um, like the more let's say hippie generation in the seventies when Vietnam War was on. A lot of protests there and as Alex was growing up in the Iraq war when his grandma took him to protest fantastic now we've got climate rallies protests and at the start I was very it was uh, quite confrontational intimidating for me um, but when you go there especially in the big strikes and rallies mm. you're not just you know like a s- small amount of people protesting against a big anyone organisation or government it's like a lot of lot of people just just being together just um, supporting a, a just cause and it's not about yelling screaming throwing stuff its literally just about um community feel togetherness just collaborating together getting together and sending a message yeah sending a like a unified message Mm. Mm, to governments and businesses yeah Yeah. they're all going to hear it
1: and even the rest of the community is actually a big part of it as well
2: Mm. saying Mm. we need to do something about this yeah, it's a, it's a huge yeah. education and awareness piece because all those people who pass by, they're like, oh, what's this about? What's this protest about? Yeah. And a lot of them will stop and try and find out. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize there's 200,000 people in Melbourne mm. at a climate strike that, was, that originated from Greta Thunberg in Europe. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what about, say, Extinction Rebellion and stopping traffic?
1: I yeah. know that's uh, like one thing that you thought was maybe not the best idea. Why? Yeah. why didn't
0: you think that was the best idea ah uh, so, no. is this for renewable energies because vegans did this too as well yeah and i was right, actually yeah. i was actually i didn't know until the day it happened and then once i heard about it, I was like i was all for it because i'm like guys oh, actually brought it to people's minds okay. It's actually put it in the news it's actually gone global in terms of um the present. So you had mm. US talking mm. about it, you had England talking yes. about it. So it wasn't just Australia. You're actually bringing this attention to everyone. And mm. while it might have been a negative attention, you're still yeah. getting that at the forefront mm. of people's minds.
1: Any press is good press. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But even if, if even if you don't convert everyone, you get people thinking about yeah. it and mm. get people discussing it. You get people talking about it. And you yeah. get people who are t- negative about it talking to people who are positive about it. And you're getting uh, back and forth. And then people... If if it's done right, then they might be converted—not not converted, but they're just ingesting that information, and that's how it's coming to the yeah. forefront of their brains. And it would be the same thing would be happening here, yeah. right? And this is what I imagine happened with slavery and all that. When, when that change happened, it was people creating this change and mm. having that chat and talking about it, and and mm. over time it builds up into this colossal mm. uh, population that want change. Mm.
2: It's mm. it's about yeah the awareness. Yeah causes people from a psych, psych, psychology point of view it's uh, awareness causes people to um, potentially question and reassess their surroundings and what, what they're doing and what they think and that's that's the beauty of it it's just um, the awareness to reassess mm-hmm. I think that's what we, we do as humans which is great
1: so is this something you're planning on doing then for, <laughs> there's like a rebellion coming up in <laughs> autumn so no so I guess <laughs> back, to, back to your question about yeah.
2: why I thought it, you know, it's not the I didn't think it was bad. I, I think I fully support Extinction Rebellion and Extinction Rebellion what you were doing. That's fantastic. Mm. I personally didn't, didn't come through those. Was, was, I guess it was still intimidating for me. Uh, Protest for me, I, I'd try and go to a few. Like we went to that uh, Monash Uni, that's mm. the 1.5 degrees, Yeah, to, to the state government, which was fantastic. They had drones and they, we did a human sign. It was fantastic. Um, I think we as a community and generation, we definitely do need to attend rallies and strikes, we do. Um, but I think also with mm. the Extinction Rebellion, my point was more about there should also be that time and resource also invested into the simplest things like planting trees. Planet oh, yeah. trees is, is literally like a straightforward solution to climate change. Yeah,
1: well, it's good you brought that up because they've actually got tree planting days coming up. Fantastic! Sign so, me up, conservation. Yeah. Well, one in
2: April, so excellent. No, yeah. that's that's definitely things we should be doing. Like there's um, yeah. Planet Ark, there's um, volunteers Australia, Conservation Australia, and we should. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we should definitely get a, get amongst that clean up mm. days and tree planting days mm. um, individually. But then I, I think further to this conversation is. As an individual, what can we do, right? Um, we did touch on solar panels, and I think that's... that's well, I did you. want to jump
0: to that next. So you said, well, we're talking about individually, but what are the costs for someone to go carbon neutral in Australia? What, what, would, what are the sort of costs involved? What kind of technology do
2: you need? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's definitely... A co- like, this is very high level. This is in Australia, using Australian dollars uh, in Melbourne at the moment. So it's, it's high level a few assumptions involved um so we're assuming the households use eight kilowatts yeah yeah let's say uh, like a household of four people using very energy aware (laughs) use a total of eight kilowatt hours a day um and they'll need a solar system approximately 2.5 kilowatts let's just say and let's just say the 2.5 kilowatt um generates or produces eight kilowatt hours a day of energy right so you're covering your consumption you couple that with a, a battery system, solar battery system. So the battery system will accommodate that eight kilowatt hours a day. So what I'm trying to say is with this, let's say a $2,000 investment. So you say you, you, you buy a solar system after the government rebates um, and all the discounts say it costs $2,000. And then the, sol- the battery system costs $8,000. And with that system or investment of $10,000, you can cover a household of four that consumes eight kilowatt hours a day. Let's just say. So there's your capital investment for that. And then we can also say, yeah, so so ten ten thousand dollars is 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 a lot of money. Um, not every household can do that. And hopefully with time, we're going to see those prices go down, as we have seen with you know, technology, and manufacturing, and you know, material compositions and the efficiencies in the materials. So when mm-hmm. it's see prices go down, efficiencies go up. Mm. And then that's $10,000. The other piece of the puzzle is transport, right? Transportation is 15% of our Australian emissions. Uh, electric vehicles. Right now, Tesla 3, brand new, $70,000 drive away. I've been looking at this closely. <laughs> um, a Hyundai or the... the like alternative the Nissan Leafs. Nissan Leafs, yeah, yeah. forty fifty thousand dollars 50000 But you're still looking at, let's say, a $50,000 investment for an electric car. In 2020. There's going to be heaps more coming out in the next five years, heaps more. So that should see prices drop. And with the prices in batteries and technology reducing, you're going to see prices drop and efficiencies in the range of the electric vehicles increasing. So if we say mm-hmm. that car can go 500 kilometers in one charge, and that lasts 10 days, 50Ks a day, this person, this family does. So you get $50,000 for the electric car and then $10,000 for your solar system and battery system at home. And there's enough surplus in the, the household's energy consumption that over 10 days, they can afford to charge their car completely full. So you're looking at a $60,000 investment for a household of four who only utilizes 8 kilowatt hours a day, including that electric vehicle. Hmm. That's your capital investment.
1: Okay, so I've got a, a simpler answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> Zero dollars.
2: Zero. Yeah, you you just you walk. Can do
1: it. You just find an Aboriginal community, <laughs> join in with them. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. What's the carbon, carbon footprint of someone living a traditional lifestyle no, 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 as no. an Aboriginal? That's but is that feasible true. for most people? In no, of course not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying this is realistic, yeah. but that's that is the extreme yeah. option. But I think your question is more: How can I? move to net zero while yeah. also having the same lifestyle lifestyle yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably a better question yeah yeah um
0: but but, but, but you can term. you can do that in in sorry just jump oh, in yeah. you can do that in sort of parts so if you have mm. one day a week we just don't use any electricity you can you commit to that
1: yeah like meat free monday similar to something that something like that yeah. yeah yeah
0: so you do mm. that once a week or once every two weeks and then you're reducing that's kind yeah. of i guess helping but it's not
1: yeah is it practical say working a job to to rock up and say hey i'm not going to use this laptop uh, <laughs> no no but no. you're gonna have to like in a weekend where you don't have to work yeah or something. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Fair, fair point yeah, yeah. Um, that would
2: be interesting actually uh, electricity free day yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's a really good point yeah mm. in terms of the future
0: but are you allowed to use your phone during that day yes. that's that's another thing you're yeah because that's, that's using beautiful. electricity if you
2: connect it to uh one of these solar solar yeah go for solar it. charges battery yeah. banks yeah that's not a bad call um, the other piece of that puzzle is the data that we use. It consumes a lot of uh, energy. Yes. So yep. like the, the Telstra's, the Optus, the yep. data that we consume. Mi- Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. But Microsoft. That,
1: Those companies are pretty good at actually moving to... Renewables. Renewables. And yeah, Netflix true. is actually another example. They've made um, some strong targets Nice. as well. So yeah, I think it's maybe a bit simpler f- for them yeah. maybe than
2: other businesses. Mm, but mm. um but actually, just back to that point about um, what Alex was saying—the extreme. Uh, our, <laughs> our First Nations people, like they—they they definitely knew how to take care of their land, Australia. Um, mm. And there's lot. There's lots we we can learn from our First Nations people. So I think that's mm. underrated. We definitely need to look at that piece as well. there's, there's a lot to learn about agriculture, regenerative agriculture, uh, minimalism. Um, overconsumption those kind of things Um, overconsumption is a big piece of this puzzle as well it's that lifestyle that you Mm. guys were both talking about it's how much is enough and I talked about this in my business um, podcast with you earlier in the series Um, that's a big piece like so with materialism consumerism we're told to buy lots of things and Mm. like I know you two and myself we're fantastic in this regard we tend to recycle buy second hand or don't buy at all yeah, um, I mean we'll have our faults,
1: I guess. Where yeah, we've yeah. Going against that, but yeah, mostly I think. Yeah, yeah. or compared to let's say mm, our the
2: average. Or, yeah, 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 for sure. But individually, we can definitely consume less, not just in terms of energy and our waste, but also what we buy. So what we buy has a big impact, and in in what we buys, life cycle emissions or miles. Hmm. Um, locally sourced stuff so local markets farmers markets growing your own fruit and veg like alex is doing outside behind us that stuff is individuals impact that you can have to mm. reduce your carbon footprint
1: yeah so i think with the consumerism aspect one issue is our whole economy it's based is, off of it, yeah. is based on mm. that so if some everyone suddenly makes the decision i'm not gonna buy any products anymore the whole I mean, system will yeah, collapse yeah so really what the government needs to do they need to change the economy so that people are generating wealth from things that are addressing climate change that is really the the best way to do it and that's something a, like a
2: carbon right. tax price on carbon does that that's an interesting point changing the economy yeah that's towards solutions of renewable energy solutions or sustainable I,
0: that, solutions that, i think there'll be a conversation in itself yeah <laughs> we yeah. go down that road <laughs> no, and i think
2: that's why alex needs to get into government <laughs> <laughs> well, i think it's a good place to leave it so yeah um
0: we covered a lot of stuff there's a lot of information there mm-hmm. so thank you both for coming on thanks for um, having us
2: yeah thank really you it's always it. a
0: pleasure i'll chuck all your <laughs> details in the, the detail section of the podcast but <laughs> if you want to I know you love self-promotion so you can go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you could do it for your first time as well I mean you're getting okay. into this space so it might be a good idea to sort of start doing that do you want to sort of share where they can find you if they want to discuss or maybe even get involved with this mm. um, with tree planting days tree rallies. planting rallies
1: or um, mm. stuff that you're involved in um, yeah well I guess on Facebook I'm Alex Hooper Hooper's spelled H-O-E-P-E-R um, otherwise there's my email so H-O-E-P-R. alex at gmail dot com
2: mm. and you list that on the bio anyway yeah um, yeah.
1: but in terms of rallies uh, oh I've come, yeah so there's one April 19th Yeah. where can people Extinction. find your information so that's on on Facebook Extinction Rebellion page yeah have a um, Victorian group Facebook page yeah Facebook page yeah excellent Um, There's also the school strike for climate coming up on May 15th. So that's the one we went to in September. Yeah. Like a repeat of that. Okay.
2: So that's associated with Greta Thunberg. Nice. Excellent. And yeah, myself, Lahiru Umulasuria. You can find me on Instagram, probably my biggest uh, platform. Smile underscore travel underscore live. Email, website www.lahiru.com I think that is um, yeah there's so many different forms I think we th- another th- really cool thing to check out is Project Drawdown yes we, to talk yes, about. we forgot to talk about we that we did we'll yeah. talk about it next time but that's yeah. definitely check out Project Drawdown check out the documentary 2014 we'll just, t- we'll just touch on Project Drawdown what the hell is it okay, <laughs> okay. <So laughs> you can't just um, say it I'm like I don't know what
1: the hell's going on <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically um looking at how we would actually tackle climate change. So um, what measures would we need to do? How much emissions do they reduce, each one of them? Um, what would they
2: cost? What's the payback? In every single industry and sector, like okay. it, it covers yeah. everything from mm. energy to waste to individual stuff. Like It's so detailed. Okay. So project drawdown. And there's also a book as well mm. you can buy that um australian conservation foundation has some really cool stuff yeah planet ark earth hours coming up march 28th definitely turn off your lights between those hours uh tree planting days there's gonna be some really cool stuff so definitely definitely connect with us and keep up to date and otherwise just reduce reuse and recycle in that order so first and most importantly is reduce then reuse then recycle that's about it for me Alright, right, that's that's the end. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you guys for coming on. And uh,
0: yeah, look for these guys online. I'm sure they'll be doing great things in the future. Um, If they're still alive, if we're all still alive and the coronavirus doesn't kill us. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so stay in school if you are and have a lovely week, month, year. Definitely. Thank you. (laughs) Goodbye.